Hi everybody, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and welcome to our latest podcast. Hi everyone, it's Tom from Cricket Coach 365 and Happy New Year to everybody. Hope everyone enjoyed Christmas and welcome to our very first podcast of 2022. Can't believe I'm saying that. And um, we have a very uh, special guest joining us this evening from the northeast and you'll hear from his accent that he's born and bred Geordie. Uh, so welcome to, to Ty Buckley who's owner of All Round Cricket Coaching um, and based up in the northeast in, in Newcastle. Uh, thank you very much for making the time and uh, missing out on your squash game tonight, Ty. <laughs> thank you for having me, Tom. Uh, I appreciate it. Happy New Year to you and uh, all your family. Um, it's been it's been uh, quite a quite a strange twenty twenty one. Hopefully, we'll have a better twenty twenty two. Yeah, well, I couldn't have put it better myself. I think uh, everybody would probably be listening to this podcast would uh, would uh, would agree with with every word there, Ty. And you know, but uh, but let's let's um let's look ahead optimistically and positively, and and hopefully twenty twenty two will be uh, better than twenty one, and you know we can we can all enjoy uh, being involved in the game of cricket that we that we love, um, and see lots of uh, of good cricket going on around the world. So, um, I know I know you you're a self confessed sort of cricket aficionado and and passionate uh, follower of the game uh, but as with all of our guests on the podcast we like to kind of go back to that very first memory or recollection of um, of when you first either witnessed a game or um, or remember cricket for the first time so if you could tell and describe for us that recollection for us that would be brilliant okay no problem so I should start by saying my father's Sri Lankan okay and Back in the day, and we're going back a long, long way. <clears throat> I was I was in Bletchley, which is now part of Yonkings. And uh, when I was about, my first recollection when I was about six, I can remember my father put a bat in my hand and taught me how to bat like boycott, if you like, <laughs> um, which meant uh, I, I could I could bat for a long time. So, <laughs> uh, and then from there, uh, I then went to the local leisure centre where a, a fabulous coach called Paul Hibberson, who's still around today, <laughs> um, who then uh, took me under his wing and said, you're going to come and play for my village in Northampton. So uh, that's where I spent my summers doing, jumping on the train. I realise it's unheard of these days, but back then I would jump on the train myself, go up two stops to Northampton, he would pick me up, put me in the car, take me to the game, bring me back, to the station and then I would come back and that would be my that's my recollection and my childhood of cricket What age were you when you first um, joined the club in, in North Ants? Uh, so I must have been about I want to say nine So you nine, so, so as a nine year old you you were um, you got yourself onto the train and, and made all that that commitment in terms of travel and journey by yourself Definitely, yes. Uh, and I look back and it was a real, uh, it was a real positive experience. Well, I mean, good for you because I think you're right in, in what you said. I don't think that would happen these days. I think uh, parents would be worried sick about what might happen and, and so on. But um, it's great to hear that you had a positive experience and it was a happy recollection and happy memories. And uh, and you said the name of the guy was Paul Hibberson, yeah? Paul Hibberson, yes. Uh, he... Um, 
great bloke and I've got a lot of time for him and we've met up since. Um, he flits between Northampton and Australia now. Um, I think he spends about six months in each. But uh, on the other occasion, he's come up to the northeast and uh, we met up and had a beer and stuff like that, which has been, and, and obviously recording lots of old things and um, being a bit of a badger at the bar, if you like. <laughs> no, I think that's lovely. I think um, there, there are so many stories just through uh, the people I've had the, the privilege of chatting to on the podcast who have uh, got, you know, an, an equivalent of a Paul who, you know, had a really positive influence over their cricket from a very young age. Um, and not all of them are still around uh, or not all of them, if if they are around, aren't involved in cricket. So uh, to to have somebody like Paul still still around and still connected to, I think is uh, very special. Um. So so yeah so th- so from nine years old then you 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 traipsed up from um from home to to play at that club and uh, what what was what was the club like how many you know what was the junior section like what what were the other players like what was what were your recollections of of those times Ty? Yes, yeah, so the the uh, the village was Wooden Wooden Cricket Club, um, very small village, tiny ground, um, and because I only went across for the games. My recollection was it was a very small outfit. It wasn't a, a, a big junior side. I think I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that there was just one team. There might have been more, but I never saw them. Um, and it was a really good environment. Uh, made, made some good friends there. Um, still in touch with a few, but not many. Um, and yeah, uh, it's been a really, really good. All I ever wanted to do at that point was play cricket. How long did you, how long did, how long long were you there for? What until what age did you um did you so play for them? I would have been there until fourteen. Okay, and then what happened? Um, well, what happened was my my father turned around and said, "Your exams come first. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, "Hang on, that doesn't compute. I just want to play cricket." Um, and I look back and obviously I flunked my exams. <laughs> Uh, because all I wanted to do was play cricket, um, and um, so I ended up, I ended up joining. Well, a couple of years later, ended up joining the army, and uh, went to Germany. And ironically, I was at one of my one of the units in Germany, and they said, "Oh, we're going to enter the we're going to enter a cricket competition." <laughs> and they said, "Does anyone play cricket?" Of course, my hand shot up straight away. Um, do you know anything about the game? Oh, well, I know this and I know that, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you think you could, if we got some people together, do you think you could coach them? <laughs> well, I'm sure I could. And uh, ironically, we made it to the, the minor units final in uh, BAOR, which was the British Army over the Rhine, and it was played down in um, Rhine-Darland. I remember it fondly. We lost in the final, but... Um, a lot of those play- a lot of those people were just sporty people, but not necessarily cricketers. So, I think that was probably um, subliminally a message to me <laughs> to say you should now be coaching. Well, what what? Well, I mean, that's a fascinating story in itself to uh, to hear um, how you first, you know, what your first experience was, and how you first were given the opportunity to coach. Uh, you know, being in the army. Um, over in Germany, you know, it's, it's not exactly the kind of standard 
uh, introduction to, to cricket coaching that you would normally expect someone to, to hear, is it? So, um, you know, a fantastic, a fantastic story in itself and probably enhanced your feeling of wanting to be involved in the game. I know you said you wanted to play cricket, but um, obviously you've got a, a taste for the coaching side and, and that kind of kick-started things um, for you from there. So, so how did things develop further either in the army or beyond the army with, with regards to yeah, coaching? So, so going beyond there, um, I came out, the, some years later, I came out of the army and um, settled up in the northeast. And my first thought was, I'm still, I'm still not too old to retire, <laughs> so I'm going to play. <laughs> um, and I, I played for well, numerous clubs around the northeast. Um, Bill Key being the first one that I came up with. That would have been around about the turn of the millennium. And uh, at the time, they they boasted that their first top two teams were full of homegrown talent that had gone through their system. And I thought that was really good. Um, not many not many clubs could boast that. Um, and so I, I didn't want to take up a place. But I, I played in the second team and I was a bit of an old head on young shoulders uh, with, young, with young people. And uh, I think that's where I sort of thought to myself, yes, now's the time. If I'm going to give something back for the positive experience that I had when I was young, now's the time to do it. Um, and obviously cricket's been my passion yeah, throughout my life. Um, even, even, uh, even when Sri Lanka played England, I sort of think. Which side of the fence do I sit on? But um, just recently, <laughs> Sri Lanka seems to be evolving and going through a transition a, period. A repair. Mm. Yeah. Um, well, have, you could say that the same for the, Well, England are going to have to, aren't they? And then, yeah, so then I, I got into coaching and then I've coached all across the northeast at different clubs. Um, but obviously, my stepson was getting into cricket because he saw me playing and he came along picked a bat up and had a go and so although he picked a bat up in anger in about six years I suspected it was because he was overcoached right. <laughs> um, with me trying to apply my trade <laughs> uh, but yeah so and I've coached all over the place uh, in all sorts of different settings schools, clubs um, county stuff and up there, so all, all across the northeast. Yeah, well, I mean, um, I think a lot of people know now that uh, I played most of my senior cricket up in the in the north key in the northeast. I'm pretty sure I would have played against Bill Key, and I know when we've spoken previously that uh, we we may well have um, you know been on the, the same field at the same time without realizing it at some point. You know, back back in yeah. the day. Um, but from a from a women's um, perspective, women and girls cricket point of view, how did that come about in terms of your involvement and interest in uh, in supporting the development of, of of that part of the game? Well, I spent uh, one of the clubs I was at was Gateshead Fell. Yeah, know it well. I, I volunteered there for ten years mm-hmm. um, as junior coordinator, and I can't, I'm trying to think how far I'm going back now. I'm probably going back about 15 years mm-hmm. uh, at the time and there was a there was a bit of a there was a bit of an appetite to try and get girls into the sport mm-hmm. and we we quickly realised that 
um, feedback from the girls was, yeah, we don't really want to play with, in the boys' setup, but if we had our own team or our own girls-only side of things, we would come and join in. Um, so back then, I started to try and engineer that at the club, um, and it and it took off, and it's now grown into something um, quite substantial. They now got two two female teams. Um, one in Durham League and one in the Northumberland League, as I understand it. Um, although I'm not at the club anymore, but that's that's where it really started. So you lit the fuse um, in terms of listening to the the girls wanting to have their own kind of pathway developed for them, and you started that whole process off back ten fifteen years ago at at the Fell, as as it's familiar, yes. you know. Um, and they're now a very successful, thriving women and girls section. And that's how it all started for you. Yes. Uh, and then, well, I, I, then, I then went and developed women and girls coaching at different clubs um, to the point where about five years ago, I was coaching a Northumberland senior women's team okay. for, for a few years. Um, and I sort of, I, I sort of took that from uh, very much a, a so they were a social team at the time when I inherited them, and then I took them. I, I, I'd like to think that we all pushed in the right direction and became quite competitive. Um, obviously, Durham's our local uh, at the time. Durham was the the local rivals, and I can remember a, a fifty over game going down at Durham and we ended up losing by four runs on the last ball uh, and it was probably my naivety because it was the first year that I inherited that those players and when I, f- I only had eight sessions with them in the winter sort of from uh, February onwards and the first question I asked was hands up who's bowlers and all these hands went up and I said so who's batters and two hands went up I thought, right, I know what I've got to work on here. <laughs> and uh, all I sold them on was if we bat the overs, if we can bat the 450 overs, we're going to be somewhere near it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was uh, Paul, Paul Carrick was actually taking the uh, Durham ladies team and uh, he, was, he looked like he was pacing quite frantically around the boundary towards the end of that game. And, uh, <laughs> and he actually, his words were, the best team didn't win today, so. I so it was a moral victory. <laughs> yeah, what was what was the yeah. what was the venue? Uh, was it at Chesley Street, or was it at the Riverside, or was it somewhere else? Was it Durham School, or? No, it was at uh, Durham City. Durham oh yeah, yeah, played there. Yeah, played there. Yeah. Yeah. I faced Harmison there actually. Um, I, I faced uh, Steve Harmison at Durham City many moons ago, um, when he was. Right. Yeah, I think he he played there for. And then you for well, thankfully, um, it, the game got um, foreshortened because the weather was awful. I, I was very, very happy, I can tell you. <laughs> um, you weren't the one out the back doing the rain dance, were you? Well, I, I was batting at the time, so it, I just had, had, okay. I had a, a taste of it and I didn't want any more of it, thanks. <laughs> um, so who, so who, who, or who and did, you, uh, did you work with then on the women's side at Northumberland uh, and how did that all come to, come to pass? 
So that was, I just answered that, but really, um, Ian Wardle. Ian Wardle, yeah. The, um, the guy in charge. Yeah. And uh, the first year I took them on my own. Um, and then the two subsequent years, I was joined with Ian Smith. Yeah, Smudger from Kirkley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And him and I work, work a lot together now. Right. Um, he's he's a, a sound coach, great bloke. Uh, I've, I've, I've learned quite a bit from him as well. <laughs> Well, Smudger and I used to play against each other twice a year when he played for Kirkley and I played for Walkworth or Newcastle City. And, um, and so we got to know each other sort of on and off the field. Um, but then I bumped into him, you know, quite by chance um, at Taunton um, about four or five years ago. And uh, I was down there um, as a parent supporting my younger son who was playing for Lancashire under 10s and I just walked around and you know was just really sort of talking to people as, as I kind of met them around the boundary and then I saw this familiar figure and heard this familiar voice and and there was Smudger in you know in charge of the, of the Northumberland I don't know whether it was the under 10s or whether it was a bit older I think they were older uh, but we've we've been in right. contact ever since so yeah he's a yeah, he's yeah. a great guy So, yeah, so it was Ian, so it was Ian Wardle and 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 Smudger who um you were you were kind of involved with, uh, having applied yes. having applied to an advert. Okay, um, yeah. and what what happened then subsequently after you'd, um, you'd had that involvement with well, the 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 ladies? Did you then continue with women um as well as girls in clubs or how did the things develop? Yes, because at the time when I answered the, the ad, um. Marcus North actually got me involved at South North. Because he was, he was, was he not the, uh, the pro at, the, at Gateshead Fell when you first were there? He, he was. Yeah. And uh, he asked me some advice about his uh, coaching, uh, getting his son into cricket. Right. And he brought, he brought him along to one of my indoor winter sessions. And uh, uh, it, to, be, to be honest, it probably brought him, out, out of keenness, brought him when he was a tad too young right. um, because um, he, he, he felt at the time he felt well oh, I don't want to dad don't leave my side if I'm going to if I'm going to catch mm. a ball or whatever you're going to throw it at me type of thing so, and after that session my sister goes what do I do now I says don't do anything just leave it just go to your games I take him along with you and he'll pick up a ball and he'll pick up a bat and sure enough a year later Marcus rings us he says so I, um, I want him involved on all your <laughs> all your winter courses and everything. He says he's my team for it now and what have you. And I spoke to him, actually I spoke to him just uh, a couple of weeks ago and I said, aren't you glad you didn't push him? <laughs> yeah. I think, that, I think in, without skirting over that, I think whilst it's a story which relates to somebody um, who's you know, been a professional cricketer, played for Australia, uh, obviously. Uh, I think he's now director of cricket at Durham. Uh, but he married a um, a northeast girl, and that's why he settled in the northeast. I think, um, yeah. but it it's so true. Whether it's Marcus North or you or I or anyone else who's a parent of somebody who's got um, yeah, a sporty son or daughter, um, is not to get kind of push them too hard one way just because you know you're passionate about that that particular sport yourself. I think they've got to find their own way. Yes, be encouraging. Yes, be supportive. 
um, but allow them to make their choices. And that's sometimes much easier said than done, um, but sure. is but is very, very sound advice. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, and, and so, um, yeah, so when I left uh, Gateshead Fell, obviously I was volunteering a lot there, and um, I had schools wanting me to, demanding my time to go into different places. So, um, three, luckily, three people said, Ty, we think we can run this better than you. <laughs> that's, that's verbatim. <laughs> I said, okay, fine, be my guest. <laughs> as much as I didn't want to leave, um, because I'd spent a lot of time there, uh, I just felt like it was time to sort of go, go and do it again, if you like. So, then has got me down to South North. Uh, take care of the women and girls of South North. And, and I built those up for, I was there for three years. And the the, the senior women's team won the league um, two years running. Were you, what, when were you there, Ty, out of interest? Because there might be somebody I'm else sure, here that I know. Think, you know, when you get to my age, it's... it's was it, was it, was it in the last stuff. four or five years, last five or six years? Probably, yeah, probably about the last... Was there a girl called Ellie Harris? Yeah, so she's What's... she's the daughter of one of my best mates from uni. Ah, right, got you. I think yes. she I think she's now playing for uh, Birmingham University women's cricket. Right. Yes, because I'm trying to think. She was probably in her last year of she, she won the last year of school. It would have been like the two years from school, right? From finishing school. Yeah. yeah. Um. And just uh, just to yeah. give just to give our listeners some kind of indication of because anybody outside the northeast uh, probably won't um, have any understanding of the size and scale of South Northumberland Cricket Club. Um, I I've, yeah. I'm familiar with it, so I know. But um, from a yeah, you know, just give us a little bit of a um, an insight into the um, the size and scale of. Of the club in terms of player numbers, are uh, in terms of women's and girls as well as others. Well, the women, yeah. So, uh, it's, a, it's a huge club in the northeast. Um, it's it also benefits from the fact that it has its own indoor school, um, which, apart from the the Riverside at Durham, um, there is there is nothing else of that quality um, in the northeast for sure, um, and because of its location. It attracts a lot, um, a lot of members. Um, they put out. I'm trying to think. In the in the senior sides, I think they put out about four or five teams. Um, juniors, they're swamped with juniors. Um, they've got probably under. If you if you're talking under nines and under elevens, you're probably looking at 60, 60 in one age group, eighty in the other. Mm. Uh, um, which is which is great. Don't get wrong, um, and and it's really good that there's that appetite for cricket in the northeast. Um, but of course, at some point, juniors then start to think, well, actually, I need to be at a certain age. They need to be playing every week. Yeah, and it get, it gets difficult to provide that. Yeah, yeah. I think That's, I think uh, you've hit the nail uh, on the head. Yes. For that size of club, um, of which there will be equivalents in every region. So where we live, um, one of the largest clubs um, is Chester Borton Hall. Um, and I think that that's probably the same challenge they face. 
because they're so so oversubscribed almost by um, the number of children at every age group it's difficult to accommodate them all um, and then it's even more challenging when it comes to uh, playing senior cricket um, yes. so so when you said 60 and 80 at under nines under 11s was that boys or was that girls um, or mixed that would be Right, okay. Uh, and what about on the girls and women's side? Girls girls section, it's probably, it's a bit less. It's, you've probably got a hardcore of about 20 under nines and about 30 under 11s. That's fantastic. It, it thins out a little bit. Um, yeah, at the time I was going into the Newcastle High School for Girls, Yeah. which... Um, and, and and putting their cricket sessions on for them. And it helped because it was at the time when um, rounders had been struck off the curriculum okay. in favour of cricket. Yeah. Uh, so there was a big appetite for it. Yeah. Well, once they got to play it and they said, oh, yeah, well, this is easier than rounders because the ball bounces before yeah. it gets to you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and then everyone was like, well, where can we go and play cricket? Well, that's where you go. <laughs> Uh, so and yeah, so I, I grew that a little bit, and then the uh, like I say the the senior women's won the league, and actually at the time Northumberland was I would say was a trailblazer in terms of women's cricket uh, because they had with Joe Herbertson was Joanne Herbertson the working with Ian Wardle and was Joanne Herbertson part of the county board at the time? She's now at Cheshire. Cheshire. Uh, do you know that? Do you know that name? Just after she right, okay. Yeah. But I, I do remember seeing the name on, you know, Yeah, she's absolutely brilliant and a, and a fantastic advocate for the women and girls game. Well, uh, I mean, it must have been down to her that the, there were so many clubs with, with women's teams. Mm. Um, and at the time, I know uh, when I took the senior women's team to go and play other counties, mm-hmm. um, I remember talking to the likes of the Derbyshire and that, and they were saying, well, how come you've got so many, so many uh, clubs put, with putting teams out? Yeah, um, and it was down to Giants' work and stuff. But um, it, it was, at the time, Northumberland was the the envy of a lot of counties because of it. I, I think, I think, um, so, I think they probably have got very good, a very good reputation. Um, still, not just. Um, not just the on the women and girls side, but I think just um, across the board. I think Ian Wardle is still involved. Um, I think I think Smudge, I think Smudge is still involved. Uh, I think they've just got a lot of very good people. You know, a lot of very good people um, who are very passionate about you know trying to provide as many opportunities for as many uh, people um, across the county as they can. Um, you know, you know, all, all praise to them really. Um, Yeah. And you know, for me, that was playing games. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and and I've I've also taken that on within my own coaching, uh, because I now I'm now talking to different counties to try and put out representative sides. We we haven't necessarily got a ground, but we can give somebody a game. At you know, at whatever age, um, 
and and it's just another it's another experience is this pass on. again just for clarification for the benefit of the listeners is this through all round cricket yeah Yes. And, and is this um, so? Your your representative teams are they boys and girls? Yes, we're looking at both. This year will be the first year that we put them out. Um, I, I had a conversation with Cleveland County the other day, um, and they're talking about uh, a boys team and a girls team. Fantastic. And and I'm also looking to put a couple of tours on, um, and one of those is going to be. I'm hoping, I'm, I'm about to advertise it, for uh, Dubai. Wow. Um, in February next year. So, and that'll be an opportunity for both boys and girls, or men and women as well. So, and what what age groups would the boys and girls be? Well, I'm thinking um, probably 14 plus. Yeah. Um, but avoiding uh, GCSE year. Yes, yes. So, and it might be that we take a mix. We're taking um, expressions of interest at the moment, but it might just be that we we cobble a team between sort of sixteen and fourteen in that age range. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. That, that, it, it really depends on who wants to come on this ride with us. <laughs> well, how 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 exciting does that sound, though? So, um, if anybody wants to. To show any expression of interest, please look up Ty and All Round Cricket. I'm sure Ty will give us uh, you know, website details and social media handles uh, before we finish. Um, and for those that don't know, you've also written a book, uh, Ty. So tell, tell the listeners a little bit about that, how that came about and what the book's about and, and so on. Windows? Yes. Um, and he said the biggest thing is people come to them, so juniors come to them with with, with a good hand-eye coordination, you know, good this, good that, but lacking certain elements of technique, mm-hmm. certain basics. Mm-hmm. So that's where the that started the idea of the book because I thought myself, if I can get across some sort of graphical, um, uh, graphical picture, that recognizing that youngsters, in particular, look at pictures and learn that way. Yeah. So I thought to myself, if I could get that put together and get that across, then don't get me wrong, it's not going to do coaches out of a job because they'll get the basics. It'll give them a good, a good grounding, shall we say? Um, and then, at some point, they'll want to refine things. It's it's not a it's not a one size fits all. Um, you know, obviously, people people do things differently, um, so, and that's always going to be the case. But if you can get up for for me, it was if I could get a a, a reasonable um, a reasonably priced resource, mm-hmm. then that would be a good starting point for people to. You know, uh, pick up the sport, and if not, if nothing else, give them a good grounding. 
in the basics. What's the name of the book? And so that's so it's my all round cricket coaching uh, all round cricket coaching restore. That's the that's the title, yeah. Yes, yeah, okay. it's on the website. Yeah, okay. uh, I've got a picture of the cover on the website. And have you so, have you sent a copy to Chris Silverwood and um, uh, Paul Collingwood and uh, anyone like that? <laughs> well, actually, I, I wouldn't say they came and asked me for it. <laughs> we better we better not we better not get on a sidetrack to that. So so what so no, you no. So, so you've got a book out. You've got um, work going on in in schools in clubs, uh, both on the girls' side, the boys' side, the women's side, and the men. You've got tours um, planned for Dubai in 2023. You're looking at, for the first time, offering um, representative teams with other counties uh, for 2022 and beyond. So yeah. loads of exciting things. Is there anything we've missed in terms of future plans? Uh, I can't. Uh, pe- people will say I should do this and I should do that. But whether I've got the time to fit all that in, um, what you'll see on most of my profile, Yourself is a um, chief plate spinner. Hmm. <laughs> that, that phrase is very familiar to me, yeah. At some point, you run out of breath. <laughs> yeah. No, well, I mean, um, I think it's absolutely fantastic the, the work that you continue to do. And um, I, I know we touched on this offline, but um, hopefully, you can hear the passion in Ty's voice come through on the podcast. But I can assure you, just watching his face when he talks about it. That enthusiasm that he has now is probably still as much, if not more so, than that time which he recollected for us at the very start of this conversation when his dad gave him the bat to pick up at the age of six um, and asked him to bat like um, Sir Geoffrey. So um, long may that enthusiasm and passion for the game and for coaching um, other people continue, Ty. And, um, you know, along with, uh, with our listeners, I wish you all the very best with all around cricket coaching and all of your other cricket coaching ventures. Yeah, well, I, I don't see me giving it up anytime soon. It's it's a passion, and um, my mother actually said to me a long time ago, if you if you do what you enjoy, you'll never you'll never work a day in your life. <laughs> Great advice. Yeah, it, it took it took me thirty years to get grasp that, but yes, <laughs> ever since then, uh, it's it's definitely been the passion. No, it's been uh, fantastic to, to listen just to um, you know small excerpts from, from your life involved in cricket uh, and all the work along the way that you've been uh, doing, particularly up in the northeast of England. Um, and we wish you well with uh, 2022 and beyond. Thanks very much, Ty. Excellent. Yes, thank you very much. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been an honour to come on uh, and I've quite enjoyed it. Good. Well, that's, that's, that's half the battle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Ty. Thanks for listening, everybody. As a reminder, each Cricket Coach 365 podcast will be released every Friday at 6pm on Spotify and Apple Play. After listening, please leave us a positive review on Spotify and share it with your friends and contacts. You can also follow us on Instagram at cricket underscore coach 365. Have a great day.